What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, we finally got some D-backs baseball. So let's break down game one, what I liked and disliked. And then I told you it's time for some D-backs team-specific awards. I want to watch the first game before I handed these out. So we got a whole bunch to talk about on today's podcast. So let's get into it. You are Locked on Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24. Portfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. And also, this episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Now, guys, it is, by the time you're listening to this, it is not opening day anymore. It is day two of the Major League Baseball season, but we have to talk about opening day because the D-backs Played some baseball last night. I'm recording this right after the D-backs game. Actually, I'm going to try to do that a little bit more going forward because my adrenaline is always spiked after a D-backs game, win or lose. And right now, I am heated because of the D-backs first game of the season because they lost. D-backs went down 8-2, to and this was just not a pretty game overall. The first segment, I'm going to talk about what I liked from the game. The second segment, I'm going to talk about what I didn't like from the game, but Let's first talk about the game in general because this was the first time Zach Gallen has started opening day for the D-backs during his tenure. The last three seasons, we've had Mad Bum against the San Diego Padres on opening day and every single season, it's been disgusting. I thought this would have been the first year where we get a little bit different of a feel. Maybe the D-backs start the season one nothing. Nope, not the same. Or actually, it is the same because it's like deja vu with the D-backs on opening day. It seems like we always get crushed. I thought it was going to be different with Zach Allen on the mound because I picked this man to win the Cy Young Award this season. And game one, it didn't look like he made his Cy Young case because Gallon, the man who led the league in whip in hits per nine last season, was kind of batted around in this one. And the Dodgers really were were able to work the pitch count, just work Zach Allen because, like I said, Best whip in the NL last season, three walks allowed in this, five hits, five earned runs. His put-away stuff was still working, seven strikeouts, but 89 pitches but, but uh, eighty-nine pitches through four and two-thirds innings pitched. Gallon looked good the first couple innings, but the third and fifth inning, the Dodgers were able to come after him, and the offense wasn't really able to back up Gallon because the offense put two runs on the board the first two innings, and then... Quiet after that, only four hits on the night, no walks drawn. And the bullpen 
something that we've been excited about, you know, we feel like has a little bit more upside entering the season, wasn't able to stop the bleeding after Zach Allen left the game. Now, we did see some strikeouts, five strikeouts by the bullpen. We did expect that to be a new little tool and skill that the bullpen provides for this team. But if you can't stop the bleeding when the Dodgers offense is humming like that, it doesn't really matter. So the D-backs fall to fall in game one to the Dodgers, eight to two, and Julio Urias looked good. The Dodgers offense looked good. Like Will Smith was the D-backs killer on the night, went four for four, um, or he went three for four with four RBIs, one run scored, just absolutely killed us. Outman, I don't even know who that is. Jake Outman, he had a huge game, home run in this one. He had a couple hits, three run score, two RBIs. And just not a fun game all around. Fun game because baseball's back, but not fun when you think of the final outcome. But enough with the negativity. We're going to lean into more negativity in segment number two. So let's talk about some things, some positivities from today's game. Even though there was only a few of them, let's talk about some things I was happy about. The first thing, <clears throat> the pace of the game. This was a game that saw 10 runs come across the board, and it's still Finished under three hours. I don't have the exact time, but first pitch was around 7.12. Last pitch was around 9.45, like a two-hour and 40-minute game. This is why I'm now able to record post-game reaction podcasts because before, listen, I wanted to do this, and I could have put in the extra work, I guess, but you think I want to be up till 1 a.m. recording podcasts and then go to my 9 to 5 the next day? I do not. This is so much better. This is why I like the pitch clock because I can watch a whole baseball game and then talk about it right after, post the pod, and then you guys get it the next day, which is absolutely fantastic. I love the pace of the play. They had the little pitch clock in the corner. You didn't even think about it. There was a couple times like you had Kevin Kevin Ginkle late in that game get a couple warnings because I guess he was trying to quick pitch or he's getting set up too quick and the umpire had to give him a couple warnings look it's still early in the season that stuff is going to happen these pitchers have to get it worked out but from the first game the pace of play 10 runs across the board good amount of offense runners on the bases and the game still didn't drag still finished under three hours love the pace of the play second thing that I like from this game Nick Ahmed is back I always talk about how I don't think Nick Ahmed is a high upside player. Never been a big Nick Ahmed guy, but he is just a solid major league veteran shortstop in the D-backs. Last season, they had Perdomo there, who was all right, but he's probably not major league ready. I don't know if he's like an everyday major leaguer, but Nick Ahmed, at worst, is just like your average shortstop. I don't think Nick Ahmed is bad, plays really good defense, can hit a few doubles, can go from second to third if you hit a single to right field. Like, he just plays smart, fundamental baseball. He's like your average baseline player. Like, if he was in MLB The Show, he would probably be like a 76, between like a 75 and 77 overall. Like, he's going to fill out the end of your roster. He's not going to make waves on a baseball team. He's not going to be the catalyst for why someone makes a postseason. But in a playoff series, could he have a moment where maybe he has a big hit or two? Yeah, Nick Ahmed is also, I think, the first D-backs player to spend 10 seasons in the organization, which is just insane to think about. So happy to see Nick Ahmed back and happy to see him manning shortstop because that was kind of a weak position for the D-backs last season. Then the last thing that I liked from this game was the offense in the first couple innings because outside that, um, there wasn't too many positives from this game, but that first inning, 
Marte gets hit by the pitch, and then Gurriel singles to left, and then Christian Walker comes through. You're like, all right, look at the offense right there. Moving people over, coming through, runners in scoring position. You like to see that. You didn't like Evan Longoria ending the inning where ground ball double play, though. Then, then, then in that second inning, Nick Ahmed, who we just talked about, led off for a double. Corbin Carroll fly to center to move Nick Ahmed over. And then Moreno, sacrifice fly. Just easy offense. Nothing too crazy. You get a leadoff double. That's what you want. Back-to-back sack flies that score the runner. Not You, you don't always... Need to get that big base knock to get the RBI. Sometimes just doing like that small ball baseball that just puts a run on the board, that's all you need. Now tonight, the D-backs needed a few more runs than just two, but if it was a tight ball game, like let's say it was like a 2-2 ball game or 3-2 ball game, and that run came into play, like that's the kind of smart, fundamental, small ball ball, small ball baseball that teams don't always execute or have trouble executing and the D-backs were able to do that in the second inning and if you could do that more times throughout the season just put runs on the board any way you can I always think that's better for your team scoring runs than not scoring runs I know crazy theory so the D-backs not too many positives from this game but the pace of play was nice seeing Nick Ahmed back in action was nice and seeing the offense at least in the first couple innings where it looked like they were maybe going to go on a run and really knock around Julio Urias even though it didn't happen did like to see the early offense in this one now for the D-backs if you need any tickets throughout the season the best place to get D-backs tickets is the game time app because hunting down tickets excuse me hunting down tickets shouldn't be stressful buying tickets should be the easiest thing in the world you should just be able to go on the app click dbacks and buy tickets but there's so many apps that make it confusing with their pop-up ads or they got just random stuff in your face that's like not what i'm trying to see right now i'm just trying to get the tickets that i want to the event i'm going to that's why i love using the game time app because game time is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less Game time will credit you 110% of the dis- of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss what I didn't like from this D-backs game because look, there's a whole lot they could discuss from this game about what you didn't like because of course, seeing your team on opening day lose 8 to 2 to your biggest, arguably your biggest rival, a team that destroyed you, I think. I think they beat us uh what's the number? 14 out of 19 times in 2022 and the D-backs, I have the fact confirmed, 8 of their first 10 games on the season against the LA Dodgers. So the D-backs could start the division standings in a little bit of a hole if they go like, I don't know, 
I said eight games. They go like three and five against the Dodgers in this first eight games. Like that wouldn't be nice. If you just go 500 against the Dodgers in these first eight games, I would be very happy because after this, the D-backs only play the Dodgers one more time on the season. So it's kind of crazy. The D-backs play the Dodgers three times this year and they do a two uh, and two of their first three series is against the Dodgers. I don't know why. Baseball has the weirdest schedule in the world. Like even though we're playing quick tangent, quick sidebar, even though Every team is now playing each other. The fact that not every team gets a home and away series. Like, listen, guys, you don't have to do so many three and four game series. You have 162 games. How about we get a couple, you know, maybe those interleague games should be two games at home and then two games on the road so you could get a home and home. I don't understand why we can't get a home and home against every single opponent in baseball. There's 162 games. Major League Baseball, fix your schedule. Okay, sidebar tangent over. Now. Let's talk about things I didn't like from this D-backs game. The first thing, Zach Gallen getting lit. I thought Zach Gallen was going to win the Cy Young Award this season. I still believe Zach Gallen can win the Cy Young Award this season, but he did not look good in his first start. He threw 89 pitches in that first game against the Dodgers, and the Dodgers just seemed to be really locked into whatever Gallon was throwing. They didn't really seem to be fooled too much, and I say that even though they struck out seven times in less than five innings, but they were also able to draw walks. They also had a whole bunch of hits against Zach Gallon. Um, I do think his velocity was a little bit down in this one, averaged 93 miles an hour, he usually sits around 94 miles an hour, so it could just be early season struggles where his velocity is not up to par, I think his spin rates were a little bit down in this one as well, so I think he's going to get into the lab over the next week, he's going to work with Brent Strom, get those spin rate numbers back up, get those fastball velocity numbers back up, I'm not worried about Zach Allen, it was one game, I thought he looked good early, but this is also the L.A. Dodgers, I know we've talked a lot on previous pods about how the Dodgers let a lot of talent leave the building this offseason, but even with that being said, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith are three stars in your lineup, and then you got supporting players like Muncie, J.D. Martinez, and David Peralta. The Dodgers still have more than enough talent to compete with teams. When you got a top three or four like they do, they can still put a ton of runs on the board. And as good as Zach Gallon has been in his career, the Dodgers are always going to be a team that gives him struggles because they see each other so often that there's going to be games where Zach Gallon just knows how to pitch against every opposing batter on the Dodgers. And there's going to be games where batters on the Dodgers are just locked into any pitch that Gallon throws. That's what happens when a team and a pitcher faces each other as many times as Gallon will face the Dodgers throughout his career. So I'm just going to chalk it up to a bad game one for Zach Gallon, and I definitely think he'll be better going forward. The second thing I didn't like from this game, the bullpen struggling. We talked a lot. I was like, hey, Joe Mantiply will start the season on the injured list. Not even worried. Last season, the season before, I would have told you, we're in the apocalypse. The world is ending. Man applies on the injured list. Who do I trust? Kyle Nelson after that? Oh, Kevin Ginkle? I don't know. But entering this season, I was like, hey, even with Man going on the injured list, I still feel great about the bullpen from the Vargases to the Nelsons to the Ginkles. And unfortunately, the bullpen really couldn't stop the bleeding in this one. Cole Salzer allowed two more earned runs. And right now, entering the season, even before game one, entering the season, he was the odd man out for me personally because I'm a big Kyle Nelson guy so I'm like how can we get Kyle Nelson back in the bullpen Cole Salsa was the one that I picked out where if he struggled I'm like just get rid of him 
put Kyle Nelson in the bullpen. And Kyle Nelson, one inning pitch, gave up two hits, but also two strikeouts, while Cole Seltzer allowed two earned runs. Then Carlos Vargas, he did allow earned run. He did uh, give up two hits and a walk, but you could at least see the stuff and the talent. And we'll give him a few more opportunities before we decide, is he another Luis Frias who just has really exciting stuff? Like Vargas was dotting it up with 100 miles an hour. We know Luis Frias has high velocity, has some wicked breaking stuff as well, but... Luis Frias always gives up a lot of hard contact and gives up a lot of walks. If Vargas does the same, then I don't know how long he could stay in the bullpen, but it's the beginning of the season. He's going to get a long leash and a lot of opportunities to start. And then the third thing that I didn't like from this game was just the lineup construction. Look, I know there's a lefty on the mound, so Tori Lavello is going to his Tori Lavello is going to do his little beat by platoon advantage. Hey, all my righties, you're going to be one, two, three, four, five in my lineup. I don't care about talent. I just care about platoon advantage because I was a little surprised when I saw Kyle Lewis leading off this game. I wasn't upset because Kyle Lewis killed it in spring training, and I do think he's going to be a little bit of a sleeper for the D-backs this season. But even with that being said, I was like, wait, I don't, wait, there's a lefty on the mound? I know but we're still going to put Corbin Carroll and Jake McCarthy at the bottom of your lineup behind Nick Ahmed, behind Evan Longoria. I don't care if there's a lefty on the mound. I don't care if there's a righty on the mound. I don't care if Pedro Martinez is on the mound. I don't care if Tom Seaver is on the mound. I don't care if it's 24-year-old Clint Kershaw. Carroll and Jake McCarthy cannot be hitting behind Nick Ahmed, and they definitely can't be at the bottom of your lineup. Corbin Carroll as maybe the most tantalizing talent on the D-backs, maybe the most dynamic player on the D-backs with the power, the speed, the contact, he should probably be leading off. Jake McCarthy should be right behind him. I know he's a lefty. I know you don't like the platoon advantage, but Jake McCarthy, post-All-Star break, might have been the D-backs' best offensive player. There was like a six-week stretch where Jake McCarthy carried the offense. If you want to say, sure, Moreno, even though I think he's better than Nick Ahmed, you want to give him some time, you want to see it first, Sure, but Carroll and McCarthy, with the talent that they've had, with the talent that they have, and with McCar- with what McCarthy showed you last season, and what we project Corbin Carroll to do this year, both of those guys have to be at the top of the lineup. I don't care who's on the mound. Those guys are too good. They can do too much with their legs to be at the bottom of a lineup. Like I just don't understand that at all. I know it's because of a platoon advantage, but I just don't care. And then, real quick, the last thing I want to talk about real quick of why I didn't like freight train and that Dodgers blue like are you kidding me I was not sad but I was disappointed and it's like what are you gonna do freight train like it might have been the only opportunity that was calling him this offseason so of course he was going to go to where he could play especially get uh you know maybe a starting role I mean he was playing opening day and he looked solid I mean he, he was better than pretty much any D-back that was playing today so freight train we miss you and we hate to see you in the Dodgers blue and speaking of the D-backs, the Dodgers, and the whole NL West. If you go to Locked On MLB right now, they got you ready for the MLB season because Locked On MLB, because on the Locked On MLB feed, they have the ultimate six-episode season preview. Our local and national experts give in-depth analysis of every team and division in a way only Locked On can provide. Find all six episodes on Locked On MLB on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to bet on the D-backs 
bouncing back after game one, maybe taking a dub in game two. If you want to go bet on the D-backs beating the Dodgers in game two of the series, then you need to go to FanDuel.com because right now, the tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Think you'll wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the podcast. And let's just wrap up the pod by doing some rapid fire D-backs team-specific awards for the 2023 season. And the first award I want to give out, I'm starting from the top, the MVP. Now, this player can't be the MVP of the D-backs if he's going to be batting seventh whenever there's a lefty on the mound. But I do think he is the most tantalizing talent on the D-backs. I do think he might have... Listen, Ketel Marte is probably the most proven, but this guy might have the most upside of any D-backs player. I'm going with Corbin Carroll because of what he can do for you defensively, swallowing up balls in the outfield, just being a vacuum out there, what he can do for your offense. Maybe, hopefully, he goes to the leadoff spot, which I think he eventually will. What he could do for you at the top of your lineup, creating havoc on the base pass, just being a contact machine, singles, doubles, triples, He's going to have home runs. He's going to go from first to third, second to home, first to home. He's just going to do so much for the D-backs team this year. I think he will be the MVP and probably the Rookie of the Year as well. My Cy Young Award. I think we all know who this one is going to. The Cy Young Award for the D-backs this season will be Zach Gallen. So that's not really that interesting. So we could just kind of move on quickly, I guess, from there. But I do think Zach Gallen will bounce back from this Um start against the LA Dodgers and I don't think he'll look this bad going forward I do think Zach Allen once again will be the Cy Young for the D-backs this season my breakout player for the D-backs this season he kind of already broke out last year for the D-backs in 99 games but now he's going to get a full season of work under his belt maybe he could pick another outfielder like Alec Thomas but I'm riding once again with Jake the Rake McCarthy and look you could have picked last year as his breakout season but it was really like his rookie season or like his first year like I don't think people really knew about Jake McCarthy last year and if you look at his slash line I think it's good but I think it can get even better I think he fit I think if he finishes this year with like a 280 average maybe like a 790 OPS, but if he had like 45 stolen bases and a bunch of doubles and just a whole bunch of runs scored, I do think Jake McCarthy could be the breakout player for the D-backs this season. And I do think 
I don't think he's going to make the All-Star game, but I do think he'll get some All-Star game consideration. Maybe if the Z-Backs season doesn't go as well as we want, maybe he could be the D-Backs All-Star representative. But there was like a multi-week stretch there last season where Jake McCarthy carried the D-Backs offense. I want to see if he could replicate what he did last year. And if he can, he will be the breakout player for the D-Backs this season because if you play fantasy, you know who Jake McCarthy is. But outside of that, if you're just a casual fan, I don't know if you know who Jake McCarthy is. So I think he's going to be putting his name on the map this season. My rookie of the year for the D-backs. I'm not going to pick Corbin Carroll here because I already picked him for MVP. I want a different D-backs rookie of the year. And this is team specific. This is not the guy who's going to win the you know National League rookie of the year. This is just the D-backs rookie of the year. And this is going to someone that just won the number five spot in the D-backs rotation, Ryan Nelson. Now, you could also maybe give this Dre Jameson, who's in the bullpen, and we didn't see him in game one, but... I have a funny feeling we'll probably see him in game two. We'll definitely see him at least once in this Dodgers series. But Ryan Nelson, as a number five starter, going to have the upside to maybe move into that number three rotation spot because I don't think there's any reason why the D-backs don't think Ryan Nelson could be better than Zach Davies or Madison Bumgarner. And Ryan Nelson, in his final spring training start, looked good. His final few spring training starts have really been ramping up for him. We, of course, know about how he looked last season on the big league level in a small little sample size. A full workload from Ryan Nelson over the course of a full season. It doesn't have to do what he did last season over the course of a full year, but if he can give you 80% of what he looked like last season and be like a 3-6 ERA guy, pitch like 150 innings, like I think that's good enough to be considered the D-backs rookie. Maybe Corbin Carroll is still considered, maybe Corbin Carroll does have a better season than Ryan Nelson, but we all expect that to happen. So that's why I'm going with Ryan Nelson as my D-backs rookie of the year, because if he has a good season, I do think he will be deserving of this team award given out by moi. How about this one? Sleeper of the year for the D-backs. This is someone who... Could be a breakout player, but not really on anyone's radar. Maybe a guy that will have a bit of a surprising season and turn some heads. Maybe he won't be an all-star consideration like Jake McCarthy, but just for our D-backs team, we'll just be way better and overperform expectations as to, and just overperform expectations. I, I don't even know where I was going with that. That was one of those where the, where the train is rolling, but there's no tracks and no destination because I have Kyle Lewis as the sleeper for the D-backs because even though he went 0 for 4 or 3 strikeouts in his debut, it shows to me that the D-backs have a commitment to Kyle Lewis. I think going forward, he's going to, of course, get a lot of platoon advantages and I just think this dude has a lot of power. I do think he's a natural talent. I do think he can smash the ball and... Do I think he's going to put up all-star numbers or play 150 games? No. But if he plays around 100 games and gets you those 15 home runs like I discussed on yesterday's podcast, that's more than enough to be considered the sleeper of the D-backs and overperform expectations because guess what? If you told any Mariners fan, what's your expectation for Kyle Lewis on the D-backs? They would have told you, flash in the 15 games he plays before his knees go out. And guess what? I think Kyle Lewis is going to do a lot more than that. I think he's going to show the world why he was the rookie of the year. I don't think he's going to do it in 150 games, but in the small sample size or the limited sample size he gets, I do think he'll make the most of his opportunities. So that's why I think he'll be the sleeper for the D-backs this season. Like everything we wanted from Jordan Luplo last season, Kyle Lewis will do for the D-backs this year. And then one negative award, the most disappointing player for the D-backs in 2023 will be Evan Longoria. And this is because he's old, he's starting to diminish, and you know, 
Like I said, he's old. That's the main reason. He just might be washed. Father time catches up to you at the weirdest moments. You never know when it's going to happen. And maybe father time comes for Evan Longoria this season. I hope it doesn't happen. But if I had to pick out a D-backs player that was going to disappoint this season, Madison Bumgarner is the obvious choice, but it's almost too obvious. It's a... It's, it's like me just picking Zach Allen to win the Cy Young Award. Like, it's too obvious, even though I still did it with Zach Allen. I'm not going to do the cop-out with Madison Bumgarner, so I'm going to pick Evan Longoria here. Just like I didn't want to do the cop-out answer for Rookie of the Year, I picked Ryan Nelson over Corbin Carroll. That's what we're doing here. Evan Longoria over Madison Bumgarner. Again, another former Giant for most disappointing player for the D-backs in 2023. Now, that's it for this edition of the Lock on Dimebacks podcast. It's Friday, so go catch up on any podcast you might have missed this past week. We had crossovers with Sully Baseball earlier in the week, and we had our division roundtable season preview, so go catch that. Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen of the day the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball Podcast with Matt and Dom, who will keep you up to date with fantasy news, strategies, and analysis throughout the fantasy season. Come back next week for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Doses.